Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Midtown Atlanta, it's time for Health Connect South Radio. Now here's your host, C.W. Hall. Hello, everyone. It is C.W. Thank you for listening to the Health Connect South Radio show. Over the past year that we've been doing the Health Connect South Radio show, we've talked to a number of emerging technology companies from the healthcare space and other entities that are looking for funding to either expand on their idea and bring it to commercialization, or if they've been in business for a period of time to be able to expand their scope of services or perhaps add equipment or technology to their business to be able to do what they do on a higher level. By chance, I recently met Alex Torado. She's with a company called Fortuna Holdings International. And this company, in partnership with a law firm called Woodruff & Liu, is able to facilitate EB-5 investing in U.S. companies. So if your startup business or existing company are in need of funding and you're looking for investors of different kinds, you're going to want to check out today's episode because we're going to get down into how the EB-5 program works, who can benefit from it, and how to get involved. Don't go anywhere. we got the full interview with Alex Torado and Roger Liu coming up next. Good morning, everyone. It is C.W. Hall, your host here on the Health Connect South Radio Show, episode 58. Wow, I can't believe 58 already. And you always do that. You always drink right as the music's going, it's ending. So you it just, just have makes this me feel com- like a pro. I guess so. That's, I'm sitting there like, oh no, is he going to finish drinking by the time that we go live? And yeah, I guess that's what you do when you're a seasoned radio professional. Like yes, that. that's right. This is Jay Schaefer with me here in the studio on the Health Connect South Radio Show. And we've got an interesting topic this morning. I met Alex Torado at a recent Business Radio X Mixer, got to talking to her about her background how she had studied Chinese and ended up living in China for a period of time and the work that they're doing now to both foster uh, immigration for folks who are interested in, in relocating to the United States, as well as helping emerging companies that are trying to get started that are looking for access to capital. We've talked to a number of them here on the show over time, the early startup phase companies that are trying to get off the ground that are just looking about every for startup that we have on here. We That's ask them right. what do you need and they all say they're all looking for investors. So I'm certainly people. interested to see if any of those companies might be able to benefit from this model. So Alex and her colleague, Roger, thanks for taking some time, you all. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. So Alex, introduce us to to the firm because the the business that we're going to be talking about uh, with regards to this sort of investment comes through and is handled by the the law firm that mm-hmm. you're working with, Woodruff and, and Lou, uh, an attorney's firm in New York, based there. But you're you're working on a project here in this region to do one of the regional centers that would handle some of these investments. So let's get into learning a little bit about the practice. And then we'll talk more about the EB-5 investments and how that goes. Right. Well, I'm going to defer this one to Roger. He started his own law firm in New York and Shanghai. So, Roger, if you want to explain. Great. Uh, Yeah. So just a little bit about myself. I was actually born in China. I came to the States, to Atlanta, actually, with my family uh, in 1996. I grew up here. Um, in 2000, 2003, I started uh, Juilliard. I started a music degree at Juilliard. And upon finishing my master's of piano performance in 2009, I decided to go to law school. And I went to Brooklyn Law School, graduated in 2012. Um, I had my background in uh, civil litigation, actually, for a few years. Um, but in beginning, towards the end of last year and beginning of this year, um, I partnered up with um, two partners uh, in New York, and we uh, decided to form a law firm uh, to concentrate our practice on investment immigration because we see a huge market 
uh, one of my partners, Rebecca Chen, uh, she uh, has background um, in this Im- immigration and investment immigration. Um, and we see huge market uh, in China. And uh, that's how the law firm started. Well, that's really interesting. And I, I think it's intriguing that I, I was totally unaware of this being available until I got to talking to Alex at that event. So I'm really happy to have you here to be to talk a little bit more about it. And and the investment that we're talking about or the type of investing is called EB-5. Am I, am I accurate on that? Yes, it's called the EB-5 green card. Okay. So can you talk a little bit about what what that's what that's made up to be? Uh, sure. So basically, the EB-5 program started in 1990, um, and uh, it's for foreign uh, investors, for foreign uh, residents that are interested in getting a green card here in the States. Um, and when it started, it uh, the requirement was that you had to invest $1 million into a business and you would be uh, you would manage the business in a sense. Um, it was very hands on thing and uh, the requirement was that you had to employ 10 full-time and permanent employees uh, so that the the purpose behind investment immigration to, is job creation mm-hmm. in here in the U.S. Um, and that program wasn't very popular so in 1993 Congress decided to try out this pilot program uh, by which they created this regional center idea where um, the regional center um, acts like a more like a bank where you pull money investors money together and they would invest that money into a project um, and the uh, they lowered the the minimum requirement from one million to five hundred thousand um, dollars. And also, what's nice about the regional center is that the job creation uh, is still ten jobs per investor, uh, but it could be indirect jobs. So if you if the project involved in a hotel in an area, uh, and of course all the employees of the, the hotel had to employ would, would count as ju- direct job creation. But let's say if there were restaurants or other. Uh, entities that would open near the hotel that weren't there before uh, and the jobs created by those surrounding businesses would also count as, as, as job creation. Uh, the only requirement that a, reg- a project that would be um, involved through a regional center is that it has to be in a TEA zone, which is a targeted employment area. And those uh, areas are appointed by the state and they're usually right around um, the unemployment rate is usually about 150% of what the national unemployment rate would be. And so you're talking about, a, in terms of a particular, say, a set of zip codes, if you will, where the unemployment rate is higher than, than the rest of the community at large. Right, right. So right now, the, the national unemployment rate, was, as of 2015, is about 5.3%. So any, um, and in Georgia, the Department of Labor would be in charge of actually uh, pre-approving these zones, and they would actually um, designate the zones by the census tract. And so if a particular area of the census tract um, that has a, an unemployment rate of about 8%, that would, that would be designated or pre-approved as a TEA zone. Okay, I need to back up for a second. So what's, what's the compelling reason for someone outside the United States, a foreign resident, to invest $500,000 in an economically n- not very viable area? Uh, well, what's the, the incentive for them? The incentive is a green card. Um, so that in exchange for the for the investment, and then after, um, in this case, uh, if you're an, an investor from China, you're looking at maybe five to six years. Um, if if the project becomes successful, jobs are created, and they can show that jobs have been created through their investment. Then in return, they get their money back plus some interest and a green card. So it's a pay to play. 
you can, if you didn't want to invest and you wanted to get a green card, what's that process? And uh, well, this there, is speeds it up. Is that the idea? Um, it, well, when it was created, actually, it, it was um, a simpler process. If you had money, this was supposed to be a simple process of getting a green card. There are other ways, of, uh, obviously, of getting a green card. Um, uh, that does not involve investment. Uh, but this is one of the, when it was originally created, uh, it was meant to, uh, for wealthier uh, foreign residents to obtain a green card. Um, however, um, I think as of last year, because there's so many, I think if you look at the, the amount um, of investors in 2015, first of all, there's a cap of 10,000 per year. There's only, uh, there's only space for 10,000 EB-5 investors. By the way, the, the investment uh, goes also for the families as well. So if you're an individ- individual right. that invests 500000 um, your spouse and your children under the age of 21 will also be included in the green card. I see. Um, so there's only 10,000 slots available. Uh, Na- nationwide? But I got the right. sense that the process to obtain an actual green card can take longer than that. It's a little bit more arduous if I'm just saying, hey, I want to relocate to the United States and and get my green card, that that process can potentially take longer, or is it more difficult in some different ways? Well, right now, the the EB-5 process to, is a little bit longer for Chinese nationals, because as of last year, they're about, um, if you look at the list of, of foreign, uh, of countries with the foreign investors, China is ranked number one at about 8,000. Uh, mainland-born Chinese, you're looking at about 8,500 uh, applications mm. or, um, or uh, 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 persons have been approved. So I think the second-ranked country was Vietnam at 300. So that gives you an idea of how wow. many of these EB-5 money is coming from China. Um, and, and due to that reason, um, as of last year, there was a backlog for the Chinese residents or, or people born in mainland China. And so that's why the wait time is a little bit longer for a mainland-born Chinese. That's about five to six years right now. Interesting. From the feedback that you've had from folks, have you been able to speak to some people who have actually gone through, they've had success, they, did, they made their investment in a firm or a business here in the city or in the States and had it be successful and they were able to move here? Did they feel like it was a project that, or a process that was worth the, worth the effort? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, that's why it's still very popular. It's still a uh, you know, hugely popular uh, program or way of obtaining a green card, even though there is a backlog. And part of the EB-5 application process is that it has to undergo rigorous economic forecasting. So, you know, we try to minimize the risk to the highest degree before presenting projects. It has to be um, undergone and by an economic uh, forecaster, and, and we have to know that it's going to create these jobs. And what type of businesses are they focusing on? Or for these investments? Yeah, so it really can be any kind of business that will create jobs. Uh, but it uh, seems, uh, if you look at the, the, um, the, I guess, categories of business, uh, 80%, you're like a 75 to 80% are in the real estate business, and then uh, and the rest are m- in manufacturing. So, but it really can be anything. You know, we, we talked to a regional center uh, yesterday. Uh, uh, yesterday they were, um, their focus was investing money in, in fast food chains, Zaxby's. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, we have also seen retirement homes. Um, we, we worked here on the Health Connect South and Health Connect South as an ent- entity is all about healthcare, uh, particularly in the Southeast and around the Atlanta metro area. And, and what it's really trying to achieve is to illuminate the various healthcare companies, whether they're an academic research institution like an Emory, for example, or um, freestanding research or technology companies that are developing devices or, or some sort of products or applications that will facilitate 
outcomes for patients. And so they're really trying to shed light on those assets and make them aware of each other. Because many times there's different partnerships and collaborations that if they get involved with each other, that they can have a higher and faster rate of success. Um, one of the things, as Jay was mentioning earlier, we're constantly asking them is, what do you need? So since as these organizations you know, have checked out our show over time, um, we might be able to put them together with the the company that has that. And and as we mentioned earlier, many of these young healthcare technology companies are are looking for funding. So if I'm a healthcare technology company, I'm just getting started, how would they get integrated with this kind of a process or can they? Um, yes, well, I'm, I'm going to defer this actually to Alex because Alex and I just started, we're establishing our own regional center um, in connection with uh, my law firm in New York and Shanghai. Uh, but our regional, we were, we're establishing a regional center here in Atlanta because we see a lot of growth opportunities. Um, and if Alex wants to talk more about our regional center, that's up, up and coming regional center. Right. So any project that needs this funding can obviously contact our regional center and we would work um, with an economic forecasting to make sure that this project is substantial to actually present to our EB-5 uh, clients as well. Another project, a great thing about the EB-5 program is that you can create your own projects. So um, we've actually been working on creating a innovation, international innovation and investment technology park. And the point of this technology park is to house startups, specifically in healthcare and biotech. We're actually working very closely with the city right now to work on development and impl implementation of this project. And um, the main premise of this technology park would be to house startups and help them get funding from foreign investors mm -hmm. and work specifically in conjunction with the CDC. Wow. And so when you talk about doing the economic forecasting for a particular idea or emerging company, what's that process like? Who's, who's evaluating them? What are those folks, you know, what, what's their background? Well, a lot of times we, we uh, would hire an economist who uh, would basically go by certain models uh, that uh, that's either that's sort of that they get from uh, various uh, government entities where they can show that if you plug in these numbers, um, if, if we build this manufacturing uh, company here, if this uh, project involves this, this and that, um, and uh, if we uh, show that this is uh, based on the model, we can show how many jobs this could uh, potentially create. And based on that number, they can see, well, if this particular project would create, let's say, 100 jobs, then they'll say, well, then we're opening, this, this project is open to 10 EB-5 investors. I see. And as far as what type of funding a particular business can qualify for, how does that flow? Well, any business can qualify for EB-5 funding if they can, again, show uh, that they can create jobs. But I mean, in terms of how much they would qualify to, to receive in, in terms of total funds? Well, total funds, there's really no limit. Okay. So, so you can certainly, uh, so one, the, our, our technology park, uh, or our, our project that involves in this innovation, the technology, uh, we're trying to, we're facilitating uh, these projects with the various investors, uh, mostly in China, because that's where our background is. Um, and, and a lot of times, uh, these investors are corporations that they have no interest in immigrating here. We're getting a green card or individuals, but they just want to invest their money. And of course, a portion of that will come from EB-5 um, if, the, if the economists and the numbers come back and they show that they can create this many jobs. Right. So most of the projects would utilize probably 30 to 40 percent of EB-5 investment at most. Mm 
Uh, the rest would come from other sources Direct of investment, investment, government funding, loans, um, source like that. We generally tend to want to limit the amount of EB-5 investments to about 30 to 40 percent. Uh, of the total investment. Of the total investment, okay, right, with the total would, funding. All right, because that, that's what I was having an issue with before. If you have $500,000 in a bag of money, you're going to start a business, you buy a building, real estate, or you invest in manufacturing equipment, that makes sense. And a lot of startups, the biggest expenses are your salaries for people. Right. And you can't just hire people unless you know what they're going to do if uh, there's a whole matrix on that. So this technology park is of interest if this is a portion of the funding. Mm -hmm. What other sources of investment are you looking for for this technology park? Private um, foreign investors. Um, we're working closely with some investors at the moment, but also are welcome to other sources as well. <laughs> so now yeah. Woodruff and, and Lou, you handle that kind of in interaction as well? Uh, what the law firm would actually just handle the immigration part, the EB-5 part. Uh, but uh, we, uh, Alex and I have actually started our own company uh, here where we'll handle the, the um, investment part. And, and talk about your background a little bit, Alex, because we, I mentioned the fact that you had studied Chinese. You spent right. some time living in China, getting to know uh, about that community and, and the businesses within it. And I'm sure that's what you're drawing on heavily here as you go through this process of interacting with investors from China. But talk about your background and how it ties in. Exactly. Um, I'm from Clinton, North Carolina, a very small town, um, <laughs> Samson County. We had more cows than people. Yeah. Um, on the weekends, I went cow tipping, actually, because there, no, <laughs> there, was, there was really nothing else to do. Um, I went to Duke University. I saw that the future for both economics, business, politics was going to be in China. So I kind of threw all my eggs in one basket and started learning Chinese and focused on um, China's economic development. After graduating, I moved to Sichuan on a J.P. Morgan fellowship where I taught um, over a thousand students who had been affected by the earthquake in Sichuan. I then went to Peking University and studied one more year of Mandarin. So I've studied about seven years of Mandarin in total. After Peking University, I went to Columbia University at my master's again in China's economic development. I moved down to Atlanta, actually, after I got a call asking if I wanted to be in management in logistics and operations. So then I found myself wearing a hat and steel toe boots and being around a lot of rack loaders and order pickers um, and just in this crazy Willy Wonka world of conveyor belts and industrial supplies. I don't know how I ended up there. Um, <laughs> but um, then, you know, I met Roger and I had kind of closed off that Chinese part of myself for about a year. But I knew that I would use it and, and um, opportunity came around when we saw, you know, this is going to be a very big opportunity to bring job growth to Atlanta, the southeast and um, and also help foreign investors. And so then um, we started this about in January, the beginning of the year. And um, and so far we've been, you know, just flying. So. Now, Woodruff & Lou is the law firm that handles the EB-5 investing, and then is the regional center that we're talking about, is that where Fortuna Holdings comes in? That's the name of the company that handles that side of things? Yes. Yes. So Fortuna Holdings International is Roger and I, our, our firm that holds subsidiary companies, um, and then our regional center, which we're working on acquiring at the moment, is part of that. And so from a timeline perspective, when do you anticipate being ready to go in terms of you talked about your technology park that you're envisioning. Do you know? Do you have a timeline that that uh, that you're looking at? Yes, we anticipate to have the regional center ready to go in about a month or two. 
And at that point, then how does it flow with you with regards to finding those companies out there that need you? You know what I'm saying? Cool businesses, particularly the stars, uh, obviously technology park where they're coming to you for, um, I would in some sort of uh, kind of like a hypotamus or those types of pieces. That yeah. TDC and, yeah. and the ATV, uh, Strongbox West, that incubators in town. How you're going to go up from an incubator kind of perspective and add in that extra that you will provide with really not avenue to getting funding is mm-hmm. clearly a big need then. Right. Well, well you first go on Business Radio X and then you tell everybody about it. <laughs> uh, and Health Connects House yeah. Radio. That, that's right. right. So right, we're, right. And, and then we'll blog about it exactly. and we'll share that and get the word out. So that's <laughs> so far you're right on track. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we, we are, uh, we have talked to representatives from, you know, like ATV, as you mentioned, uh, ATDC, uh, Emory, Georgia Tech. Uh, and uh, we are, in the process of um, really connecting them with uh, a group of investors uh, in China. I mean, there's GCMI, there's a whole host of places here yeah. where people, places. And uh, so you would envision the, the start. tech park then engaging with those entities, let them know you're here so that if they're kicking out a, a, some graduate students that are starting a company and they've got a product idea and that kind of thing and they're getting going because that's a lot mm-hmm. of the companies we've actually learned about come out that way. They're either coming out of tech or Emory uh, or one uh, of those. And, uh, and uh, again, started. this was a last minute, but the culture program at Georgia Tech and Emory has startups, the business school. So there's a lot, there's fertile ground here. But as you know, it takes a lot to get them. I like David Cummings, head of the ATV. He tweeted out yesterday, this startup thing is really hard. So mm. people who uh, are not familiar with the process, it's really, or Shane Jackson said at the very first Health Connect South radio, he said, starting a business is really, 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 really hard. Well, that's why we're here. We're here to help you get off the ground and match foreign investors, depending on their interests to startups and even develop con- um, companies that have technologies that they need to, they need other sources of income for. So that's why we're here. So I know that the, the firm helps immigration to the United States, and part of that is through the EB-5 investment program. But what if I'm a company that has my my sights set on going the other direction? We're here in the States, but we want to do business abroad. Are you able to help with that process as well? Yes. Yeah, so for doing the holdings, uh, we, we we also provide that kind of service. I know um, we we have, uh, we're just actually working with a a um, company in Hong Kong to try to bring um, the companies here, the, the American companies that are interested in um, and IPOs in the Hong Kong stock market, the stock exchange. So you can facilitate my business actually getting launched on the Asian continent then? Yes. Yes. Not only are there opportunities for joint ventureships, but um, if your company, some of the specifications for being listed on the Hong Kong stock exchange are you must have a cumulative profit revenue of $6.4 billion. Six billion. Dollars um, over the last three years, and forty percent of that being from the last year. I, I actually believe it's million. I'm but. sorry, I said million at six point four million. Um, and so that is something that if if the company does want to go international and be listed on the hottest Asia or the hottest IPO stock exchange, um, that is something that we can facilitate. And last year, Hong Kong had the most funds available for launching mm-hmm. IPOs. I think they launched over 110. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's about uh, $26 billion raised in the IPOs in the, on the Hong Kong stock exchange. So when startup companies take in other people's money, investment, there's opens a whole range of issues 
What are the types of investments that you normally do? Is it equity? Do you provide uh, debt financing? And then what are the benefits and limitations of taking money from somebody outside the U.S.? Well, certainly, I think uh, as an attorney, I look at uh, EB-5 uh, program. There's been a lot of advantages for the EB-5 program um, because you're, you're generating business here. You're, you're creating jobs here and you're uh, generating revenue here without costing the taxpayers money uh, because these are foreign investors. Um, and I mean, every, it's just getting bigger and bigger. We see this, you know, every year billions and billions of dollars are generated from the EB-5. Um, and what's nice is that the, the, these foreign investors, these, these individuals and their families, um, they really aren't looking for a big return on their, on their investment. Uh, they would like to get their, uh, their original investment back, maybe plus a little bit of interest. But what they're really looking for is that green card. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're really happy to get that green card because they want to move their family here. I know, uh, based on our personal experience, based on the time we spent in China, um, there, there is still a huge interest in, um, in um, sort of Chinese families, especially with children, to relocate to the States because they want a better future. They want a better opportunity. They want to live the American dream. Uh, and I, I personally experienced that because actually I'm an immigrant myself. Um, so there's still a big interest in that. And, and the, what they really care about is the green card. But in return, the local community here, we get these capital, we get the funding, we create jobs here. And really, without cost any cost to the the taxpayers. And based on what you were saying, when they go through EB five versus that original plan as it was laid out, you mentioned the fact that, and and I had read the, some information about what you were you were commenting on about how it used to be a million, and in those relationships, the investor actually either had to be in a management role or some sort of policy, probably a board type uh, relationship, and I could. As as Jay was talking about, I, mean, I can only imagine how challenging that was for both sides right. to, to 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 execute that effectively. Where in this case, the regional center is uh, you act you you mentioned that it's sort of like a bank in a way, and so the relationship is more indirect. And so the investor knows they're invested in company or companies X, Y, and Z, but they don't necessarily deal with day to day type things about the business and they don't necessarily set policy, that kind of stuff. Right. Actually, so they, they actually don't at all. Yeah. So they, they put their money in. Of course, uh, as, a, as a shareholder, quote unquote shareholder, they have the right to know the companies yes. they're invested in. They have the right to know the process. You know, it's just like they have the rights as any other shareholder, but they do not have the hands-on uh, by law. They, they would not have the, the hands-on sort of experience that they would in other investments or the direct investment. So if I'm the startup company or that business that is taking investment funds, what is that? What is the vehicle, if you will, the financial vehicle as, as Jay was talking about, is it a loan or, you know, how does the, how does that money come to me and what, what format do you, you see could do a whole saying? show on that. There's right. so many right. different right. investment do I, opportunities. Right. Do I give up ownership equity for, for in exchange for that? that it, kind of it would be a loan. It, it would work like a loan. You would present your, your project to a regional center and, and then um, you work out the, the, the economic forecast showing that you can create this many jobs and then the regional center will w- work with you as to, you know, okay, so this if, if this is your project, we can see that you're projected to create, let's say, 100 jobs and we'll work with you in bringing in uh, 10 investors and their families and we'll work with you and, and, and bring it we'll pull the money and then we'll we'll uh, sort of loan it loan you the money you know of course we charge an interest sure um but i don't have to give up equity in the company to right get right 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 so I'm you're sure not going to be appealing to a number of businesses out there of companies that we've been yeah I'm, to, i sure. can think of a couple of software companies i know that did a 
arrangements like that where the investors gave them a note and then they paid back out of, out of revenues a certain percentage, you know, 20%, something like that. So that's attractive to the startup companies. The other thing, it sounds like you can avoid this foreign controlled company if the investors put their money into a pool and it's loaned out to people because mm-hmm. that, if anything that you're talking about taxpayers before, it sounds better than to say this is a foreign controlled entity. It's not. It's just right. if there's an investment in there, but it's more silent. There's no day-to-day operation. Right, right. We've been speaking with immigration experts and, and experts on foreign investment via the EB-5 program, Alex Tirado and Roger Liu of Fortuna Holding. And then, of course, Roger is a partner in the law firm that handles a lot of this immigration uh, investment type work through Woodruff and Liu, their, their firm that's currently based in New York. Uh, they're working on setting up a regional center here in the Atlanta area that would facilitate making this type of investment funds available to companies that are needing access to growth capital or uh, you know monies for uh, capital equipment expenditures, things like that, that would help them expand their business and create jobs in our community. And for where do you see this going? I mean, how how big how big can it be for our local community here? Where do you what do you see on the horizon for Fortuna Holdings in Atlanta? We see making Atlanta and the southeast, well, specifically Atlanta first. Um, that's where Roger grew up, and I've lived around the world, and I've never called a place home, but Atlanta is definitely my home. <laughs> um, and so we see making establishing Atlanta as a really a first class city, a world class city. Um, for international business and investment. And so we want to, you know, change the landscape of Atlanta and create jobs and really give back to the community here. Yeah, and I was going to say that with with foreign investments, especially um, in the area of technology, uh, you know, in, in, in the past, uh, generally speaking, if you're thinking of investing in technology or technology startups, you're thinking Silicon Valley, you're thinking the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we see a trend that the a lot of them is actually are, are moving to Atlanta. We're moving to this area because it's, you know, it's a cheaper cost, you know, startup cost. Um, and so Atlanta, we, we see Atlanta really as, as one of the fastest growing um, areas in, in the country. And then it's just getting more interest. Uh, you know, you, you're getting a lot of interest from foreign investors. Now, earlier, before we went on the air, you were speaking in Mandarin. I'm sure some of the folks, when you put this out on your website and social media after the fact that uh, some of the uh, listeners will come from uh, some of those Asian countries that would be checking out what you're doing here with uh, local businesses to uh, facilitate that. You want to say something to those listeners in case they're checking us out? Uh,今天就非常高兴给我们这一次机会介绍一下我们的公司,就希望在将来我们就可以为你服务,而且一起成功。哦,就是就是我们很,很容易有这个机会,啊,在电台给大家说一下我们的公司,啊,希望我们一
But uh, for more information, you can go on our website, www.woodrufflawny.com. And uh, for our Fortuna Holdings Company, you can email myself or Roger. Um, my name is Alexandra Tirado. My email address is a.tirado, T-I-R-A-D-O, at Fortuna, F-O-R-T-U-N-A, Holdings, I-N-T-L.com. And we'll I'll put, make sure to put a link on yeah, that. Yeah, we'll put that on the website Great. so people can get links to that as well. It's interesting, you mentioned that you've had some talks with the CDC, that they haven't been funding with startups. We haven't been in direct contact with the CDC. We've developed um, a project, a tech park, and with the premise of working with the CDC. But right now, mm-hmm. we're more focused on getting investment for the project. Um, and I'm sure the CDC would probably be willing to work with us once we get this investment going. Well, there are a lot of health startups here. There's another group called Forge. We've had, remember, we should go back and the shows that we had, because mm-hmm. Neuro Launch here, we had some students that were, as last year, they graduated from Georgia Tech in May of last year, and they were getting investments in, I think we had them on the show in August or something. So mm-hmm. they had a device that they were trying to look for. So it seems like there could be that. We also always ask, what do you need? What What are you looking for? If somebody, a potential customer or startup was going to walk in that door, what, what would they look like? Well, I think if someone's uh, walking through, um, uh, coming to approaching us with a project, we certainly would uh, like to know as much uh, detail as we can about the project and how it could uh, really change um, or make a difference in, in the world today. And we'll figure out, we'll help you uh, in, in the sense we'll consult with you and figure out what's the most attractive way in finding an investors because we do have a lot of connections in China, um, specifically in China. And we, we are, um, I think what's unique for us is that we have a group of people that are interested in, in um, investing their money, whether it's individuals or corporations. Uh, we're talking about billion dollar corporations that are really just uh, dying to invest their money in American startups. So um, as long as we have the good projects here, and if you have a project out there in need, in need of funding, please come to us and we'll we'll make sure we we hook you up with somebody. There. Are there <laughs> other resources or collaborations that would be beneficial to you to make this work a little more quickly? Any type of collaboration is welcome at this point. I think we're open to exploring all options. We're a very new company, still in the national stages of development, so we're not closed off to any type of opportunity for collaboration. We'll definitely consider it and see if that's in line with um, our company. So when you say project, does that also mean startup? I was a little confused by the term. like a big company, we had Howard Health on the show, and they may have a new initiative. Is that what you're looking for? You're looking for the two Georgia Tech biomedical engineers that have an idea? Well, all of them. I think oh. that one of the reasons why we like this idea of having this technology park is that it's really uh, this technology park really are for the the startups where you know you're small and there's only maybe two or three of you right. At, at, right now. But if you can come to the park, you know we'll make sure we provide you with a space and the opportunity to match you with the investors. Um, and, and, and what we like with the park is that really um, we have an aggregate, um, aggregated uh, companies uh, in the starboard. You, you can concentrate uh, and, um, and concentrate them in one place where we can you know, offer the investors um, the ability to, to see what everyone's like and what all the companies are like and, and pick and choose to, to, to um, the projects they like to invest in. Right. And EB5 investment includes both startups, an idea that has the proper economic forecasting, as well as mature companies. Yeah. So that's yeah. really unlimited. 
So any company, whether they're a startup or an existing company that's been in business for a while that's looking for capital would be one that would be mm -hmm. able to benefit from the program as well. Right. And on September 21st, Health Connect South is having this next big tent gathering. And that's the type of thing that you could come and meet with people. There are startups there all the way to the big, big corporate sponsors and big government agencies. And this is an idea to let people know, because mm -hmm. until you get in front of somebody, they may not. I wasn't aware of the EB-5 program before the show, so this will be interesting, and there may be opportunities for lots of... Several hundred different healthcare executives and experts going to be This could be 500 plus. Yeah. 500. It's always a great place, and everybody's there. That They know that the purpose of Health Connect South is to put them together with potential collaborations and partners and, and, and just business uh, clients to to uh, do what they do. And so if you if you can, it would be a great event for you. It's going to be at the Georgia Aquarium. Georgia Aquarium, September 21st. And pay attention to the website. There'll be a special radio coupon for our loyal listeners. So and that's healthconnectsouth.com. Healthconnectsouth.com. And we'll put that on the blogs after this show as well. And if you're coming back for the podcast, if you've not done so already, in the upper left-hand corner of the show page, you'll see the Apple logo there. That'll take you over to the Health Connect, South, Health Connect South Radio Show podcast, and you can subscribe to us. That way, each week when the new episode comes out, you'll have it downloaded straight to your device, ready for you to drive to work, walk the dog, whatever the case may be. We hope you turn around and share this information with your social media connections. You might just be putting information out there that really makes a difference in the business or life of somebody that you care about. So we want to say thank you very much in advance for doing that. Alex and Roger, thanks for making some time. I think it's a really innovative way to make funds available to businesses that are in in need of capital and and you know it's giving other nationals an opportunity to relocate to the US through an innovative program. So it's uh it's really exciting to get to help talk about it here. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. Yeah, we'll have to have you come back once you get the yep. regional center up and running. We can feature some of the companies that, that you're helping to uh, do what they're trying to do. And if we were in China, how would they end the show? What would be the proper... Just what I thought. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. To all of our friends listening to us from abroad, we want to say thanks for making us a part of your day. And to all of those around the Atlanta area and the States, we want to say thanks for making us a part of your day as well. We look forward to catching up with you all same time, same place next week. We'll see you then.